you that this morning you have an appointment with each one of us. You have a desire to uh, to speak right into our lives. And Father God, there's so many words that came out this morning and I want to pray that they will germinate in our hearts. Father God, that each one of us here will um, be able to uh, to recognize it, Father, and to, um, to respond to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Uh, let's uh, have a seat. And... Um, if you are cold this morning, um, you need to sit close to somebody else. Uh, just embrace them. Make sure that you uh, keep on focusing and uh, we're going to have an awesome time together. Juan, you need to sit next to Joseph or somebody. It looks like you are, you are really teasing the, um, the ice bears. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's good stuff. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 12, 34, if you can. And if you have your Bibles here, I'm going to um, just quickly read that. Yeah, it's strange the, um, the messages that you get from the uh, elections these days. And uh, I think all of you are registered, eh? And hopefully you're ready for, for the big vote. Uh, it's probably one of the, the biggest votes that uh, we've seen in, in quite a while in uh, the UK. So please make sure. But it's that dominates the news these days and um, you know when I look at the TV and I, I watch how they uh, interrogate the, um, the politi political leaders it's uh, quite amusing actually because um, you will always hear things like uh, and we know the British media is just uh, you know really um, uh, scrutinizing people but uh, what, I, what I've seen is um, you know that uh, they are keeping people accountable to words um, being said and you know it's you will hear things like, Mr. Johnson, um, uh, but did you use these words? And then when they say, um, you know, trying to get out of the situation because they know where the media is going, it will always be. But if you use these words, then uh, we can uh, reasonably believe that, uh, you know, that this and this and this is what you are implying. And uh, it's strange how the media also then make certain assumptions on what you wanted to say um, and they would go down the line of even how many options you could have taken um, and, uh, and and really go higher wire in, um, in where they think the truth should go. I don't know, am I the only one that's looking at BBC and all of these uh, amazing um, channels these days um, and it's uh, it's strange how you know we we look at this and, and, and we um, we also make our assumptions on what people believe and, and don't believe. But words are powerful, is it not so? When we say things, we are keep, kept account, accountable, especially if you're a public figure. We, we keep... also know that we judge others according to their actions, but we judge ourselves according to our intentions. Okay. Is that not true? That uh, we would always say, but you said that, you did this, um, so what did you mean? 
and we often don't even ask, what do you mean? But when we say something, we easily say, but that's not what I mean. Is it not true? But words are powerful, and the way in which we use words, we actually need to keep ourselves accountable to, uh, to those words, and even make sure that it brings healing to people's lives, that it does impact people's lives in such a way that they are transformed around us. And, um, and I want to make a statement this morning and say that you can't filter what you say without filtering what you hear. Okay. Are you with me this morning? You can't filter what you say without filtering what you hear. Because people are speaking into your life often and through your life has spoken so much into your life. And there are certain things that stuck. There's so many things that I can ask you this morning that defined your life in the years that still stick. The fact that somebody said to you, you will never be a good baker. Clearly there, there's an issue. Um, <laughs> you will never be the daughter that I've um, called you to be or, 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 or that I've um, trusted God for. You will never be good at this or that and those words has power in our lives because the things that were spoken into our lives will define whatever we will speak in the future so if we don't deal with the fact that these certain things in our lives that we need to actually address and the elephant in the room that is important to actually address and take hold of we will keep on speaking negative things and speaking even negative things to other people. I need to prove it this morning to the Bible. And I want to trust that God is going to do certain things within your life to, uh, to get a new perspective on even the things that you say. Because you have the power in your hand, but you will have to trust God to transform whatever is in the inside so that you can start to speak well. And um, for me, Matthew 12, uh, 34 is such an important um, scripture. It says, Brought up wipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? So, none of us are able to actually speak life without God transforming us. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We are messed up people, we are messed up society. And if you look at, you know, just, you know, I'm listening to some of these debates even in the election, and I think, you know, how did you get to this, that assumption even, you know, about what somebody is um, wanting to say? And, and, and just the cruelty in which you scrutinize people and, 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 and put words in their mouths. And, and that is just such a reflection of these days, politicians are just a reflection of what society is at. Because they are representing us. <laughs> and so the scary thing about it is you would not have seen the same kind of, um, you know, negative speaking toward one another 20, 30 years ago because people was a lot more um, gentle in their words. But this is such a reflection of where we are at as people because we are a messed up society. And I want to say to you, God actually wants to heal our hearts and um, our nation. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give, listen to this, 
people will give account for every careless word they speak. <laughs> this, is, this is a tough word. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So, so God takes serious whatever he said here on earth, Jesus, and every word I promise you was written down because people scrutinized him the whole time. And we know that, you know, words have so much power that when God speaks it, the whole earth comes into fruition. And until we speak words, things cannot happen because words keeps us accountable to what we've said. Are you with me this morning? So, Romans 2 verse 1 says, Therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another you condemn yourself, because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. <laughs> and this is, this is a hard word this morning, but I can tell you that um, uh, it's so important that we come to an understanding that we must count our words in order to be a blessing to people around us. He knows us too. When we refuse to say what enters our brains, He applauds us when we show wisdom. So what I can tell you is that um, when we have the ability to control our thoughts, Jesus or God is pleased with us when we start to bridle our tongues and speak words of wisdom and blessing in our circumstances. We must look for opportunities wherever we go to speak life into people's lives. You know, I walk past people and I think, and, and it was so beautiful, the testimony that you've given now of that guy that would write or would um, call people or would speak into people's lives because that has power. And the fact is that transforms people's lives. And so often we go through life and, you know, you sit in the tube and you, you walk in the street and you never seek for an opportunity to speak life. And my challenge to you this morning goes so far as to ask, maybe we should reflect on time spent with people even in conflict and think back in, did that really encourage and bring hope in people's lives or are we always destructive in the way that we communicate with people? Are you with me? And I'm challenging myself because I know that, you know, when Jesus spent time with people, yes, he was confrontational, but he was loving and he was gentle and he was able to transform their lives by the words that he spoke into them. The divine opportunities that he used to transform people's lives. And so when I say this morning, you know, God is bringing us to a place um, of, um, of, of bridling our mouths, of bringing ourselves, our words to a place where we can speak life. It's a place where we are transformed by Christ Himself. So, controlling the tongue is having the wisdom not to say everything that enters our minds, including that which we say to God. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, these days we are very bold to say all kinds of things, even to God. And, uh, you know, we take for granted the fact that He is God. So, by your words, you will be condemned. Or it is um, what you say that brings you into trouble. Psalm 19 verse, four, 19 verse 14 says, The let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. 
This was David's desire. He wanted to see God pleased with everything that he not just said, but even what he thought. <laughs> and I can tell you, you don't have control always over what enters your mind, because sometimes the devil really puts some ugly stuff in your mind, but you have control over what you do with it. And whatever you do with it will actually start to manifest through your mouth, because the word says whatever is in the heart will come out of the mouth. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. Or God is in heaven and you are, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. <laughs> and you know what? I'm challenging myself these days to say, God, I want to be careful even what I say to you because I recognize that you keep me accountable to what I'm saying. And yes, we can throw our toys out of a cot even with God because God is a gracious God. But what I can tell you, even the great men of God knew how to repent before the God of the universe. God is on another planet. <laughs> God is uh, as, um, in heaven and we are on earth. And we must know that He's God. And whatever He speaks into our lives is powerful. So, the first thing that I want to mention is self-pity mark our words. So, Jacob was um, such a man that had quite a problem with um, the way in which I think he um, you know, perceived God and, um, and his life from the beginning. We know that he was, uh, he was a twin or, or one of a, a twin. And, um, and uh, he, um, he, from the beginning, had to fight for his birthright, the fact that um, he wanted to, uh, to be the firstborn. Um, and then we see this picture of how he deals with his son Joseph. There's a crisis. <laughs> Do we need to run? There's an alarm going off. Um, so so J Jacob had a problem in even how he dealt with his sons. And I want to just um, quickly um, show you the picture. Genesis 37 verse 28 to 35. Then the Midianite traders passed by and they drew Joseph. All of us know the story, but listen to it again. And lifted him up out of the pit and told, sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes, ripped it apart, and he returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, and I, um, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and uh, brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and worn uh, for his sons many days, or for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to, to comfort him. Listen to the, this picture. I, wanna, I want you to see it in your mind. The rest of the sons, the daughters came to him. And remember, this is actually so powerful because Jacob is representing the nation that was chosen by God. 
the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And yet, this picture in his mind that, you know, these sons I don't even worry about because my chosen son, Joseph, has died. I will not be comforted by them. Imagine you were one of the rest and you were at a place where you wanted to at least, you know, comfort your dad because you realize you made a big mistake, you've messed up, um, and at least the best that you can do is just to, 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 to heal his broken heart. Because what will happen to this dad of ours after this favorite son of his? And, and through years of affirmation over Joseph's life and not them, they stood before their father and their father refused to be comforted by them. And he said, no, I shall go down to Sheol to my son mourning. This, um, thus his father wept for him, for Joseph. You know, the sad reality of, of Jacob's life is that so much self-pity happened in his life at this stage. But we also know that it's sin and he should have known better. Um, but there's a reasonable explanation why Jacob came to such a place. If we... Um, if we would ask him even this morning, you know, what did you hear in all of this, Jacob? What did you experience and what was the input in your life? Why did you speak so much negativity and disappointment over your sons? And, and, and why were you so self-absorbed that you always looked at yourself and, 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 and spoke negative things? There's a side to Jacob that is so such a reality to us as Christians today. Because if you look at Jacob's life, you know, not being the firstborn in his family, fighting for that firstborn right, stealing it from his brother, and his brother would even come after him and try to kill him. He would um, work for Leah, or not for Leah, for Rachel, and then he would get Leah, and he would work another seven years, and... Um, and it was always a life of disappointments, a life of, of you know, even asking God, God, why, why should I wrestle with an angel for my inheritance? And he comes to a place where, you know, he, he's got at least this one dream of God for a son that came from Rachel. Benjamin, um, you know, was the second son from, from Rachel, the, the promised one for him, the favorite wife that he always wanted. But Benjamin, you know, killed his mother through birth. <laughs> well, his mother died because of him. And, um, and Joseph is this favorite son of his, of his dad. And, and yet Jacob comes out of this negativity and his heart is full of resentment of what happened and the wrestle of life and why he always came to the conclusion that, listen, God, surely, you know, are, are you favoring me? Such a successful life because whatever he touched actually came to, to love. He had these golden hands. Jacob was this man that, you know, when he started a flock, they just multiplied and for his uh, father-in-law, you know, saw this and he w didn't want him to go because he, he realized that while Jacob is with us, you know, things just happen. Because this man has golden hands. Whatever, he's got the firstborn right on his life and clearly God is favoring him. And yet in all of this, Jacob never came to a point where he was positive. 
He never came to a point where he was satisfied in life, where he could celebrate what God was doing in his life. He was always on the run for the next thing and the next and the next and the next. And that, that place of self-pity and victimhood always brought him to never be satisfied. And I want to say to you, I see so many Jacobs around us in this life. I see so many people that are never satisfied and always just running for the next and seeking for great things to happen and God must bless them and give them golden hands that whatever they touch must happen. And yet that, you know, that pit just never empties. It just is a never-ending pit of self-seeking and seeking for the next and more things in life. It's that consumerist mentality that, you know, I must, I must have more, then I will be successful in life. And this is exactly where Jacob was at. Jacob was just never satisfied, even having 12 sons that would represent the, 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 the nation of God. He never understood that, listen, you are the chosen one, Jacob. Jacob, you are the son of Isaac that was called from Abram to represent the nation that will become, you know, as sand on the seashore. You would be the one that has the opportunity to speak into your sons and they will go onto the earth and they will be blessed because God said, blessed, you will be blessed. And yet, even though Jacob was having all of this, because if you look through his life, even his brother spared him and his brother, I mean, if I was his brother, I would really have a problem with him. And yet in the battlefield, when his, his brother came toward him and he was, you know, again at a scheming place where he was trying to figure out how he's going to outwit his brother, his brother came in peace. He said, listen, let's not fight over this. And God always just brought favor back into Jacob's life, but he was never satisfied. And I see so many people these days, you know, when it comes to, to their life situation, just never enough. It's always running to the next and the next. And until you and I can come to a place of, of contentment in God, in where He founds us at this season of our lives and what He's putting on our plates, until you can get to that peace, you will never be radiant for God. Are you with me this morning? Because I want to tell you the opposite is so true. That when we see godly men, godly people, and they find themselves in the perfect will of God and they find themselves satisfied in what God is doing in their life. Even though it's hard sometimes and it's not always prosperous, but they are at peace. They are radiant. It's as if you want to sit in their presence all the time because you can see the contentment that they find within where God is taking them. Are you with me this morning? And so, um, Isaiah 58, verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and you will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. You know, we find reasons to blame other people, becoming the victims and always blame our circumstances and other people for what's not happening in our lives. Because we always reflect on what is not happening. We never come to a place where we are happy with where we are at. And so the only thing that 
Jacob hears all the time is, you're not good enough. You're not making it, Jacob. And yet, that is what reflects in his words toward his sons and toward other people. Because the second one is uh, bitterness marks our words. And listen to this one. Um, Genesis 47, verse 9. And Jacob said to Pharaoh, listen to this now. The same man, Jacob, came to Pharaoh now. And I, and I want to just color the picture in for you here. He's standing in front of Pharaoh, probably, you know, the, the biggest nation at this stage on planet Earth, you know, um, in, um, in advance, you know, technology or whatever you can call it of those times. Uh, Egypt being such a nation to be reckoned with. And your son is the prime minister of this country because of the favor that God has given him. You go through a drought and nothing is actually happening in your life and in your son's life. You must go to the extent where you go and seek for, for food. And here God provides to your son being the prime minister that provides in every need that you have. And you stand in front of Pharaoh and the best thing that you can say is listen to this. And Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my sojourning are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life. Can you believe this? In the midst of where he finds himself at this stage of his life, Jacob is confronted with the fact that, can you just say one thing positive about your God? Can you say one thing to Pharaoh, which is such a big leader, about your God and the way that you respond to your God. And the only thing that you can say is, I've got a miserable life. Thank you for uh, inviting me to your nation. Are you with me this morning? You know what? Uh, maybe I should just finish the, at least the, 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 the sentence. And they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of the sojourning. And guys, I want to say to you, we do exactly the same. Us as Christians, we're never satisfied with what God is doing in our lives. And we're always just looking for better things. And, and it's as if we've got no testimony to tell the world because we are always just negative about what's happening and what's not happening in our lives. In the meanwhile... Back at the ranch, we've got clothes to wear. <laughs> we've got amazing testimonies. And I, I know I'm talking to the wrong people. You are amazing. You are always doing the right things. So please don't take it too personal this morning. Um, I'm talking to the hordes out there. So uh, please. I'm talking to myself then this morning. Because I find myself often at the place where I'm asking, God, why is this not happening in my life? God, why do I not see this breakthrough? Why I, do I not see the provision? Even the people around me are prospering so much, God. Okay, it's only your pastor. I know the sinful pastor in this house. You will have to pray for him afterwards. But what I can tell you, um, if you would ask Jacob, what do you hear, Jacob? Let's not talk about what you say, but what do you hear, Jacob, in order to say these things? I think Jacob would say everything about what he does not have 
rather than what He has. And my challenge to us this morning is, it's time to reflect on what God is doing in your life. It's time to be satisfied and find your contentment in Him. It's time to forget about the bitterness of what's not happening and drinking from that bitter well that always, you know, it manifests through your mouth. Because when we speak to one another, I want to know how much positive things or how many positive things do you actually speak to people around you? Are you at work always complaining about what the government are not doing? Or are you focusing on what privilege you have to be in a country like this where God is at least at work? And we've got the freedom to actually pursue His kingdom. When last did you actually thank God for your circumstances? Or are we also finding ourselves in the spiral of negativity that, that society brings us in always complaining about the services that we don't get? Are you with me this morning? You know, walking in the streets and seeing all the rubbish rather than to, put, to, to just put your hand to it and, <laughs> and put it in the bin. Because we've become such a consumer society and so, you know, stimulated in wanting more and that we became victims. Our bitterness in what we don't have is such a representation, or our words are such a representation of the bitterness that we receive in our lives. So Genesis 16 verse 5 says, and <laughs> listen to this, Sarah um, said to Abram, may the wrong thing be done to me, um, be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. You know, this woman, Sarai, um, <laughs> made a decision to, uh, to let her concubine sleep with Abram so that he can conceive a, a, a son, Ishmael. And it was her choice. And yet now that that um, she has changed her perception about a um, uh, lady. <laughs> now she's crossed with her husband. And it's strange, you know, how you see society these days that we are, we are just crossed with anyone and everyone around us. I mean, <laughs> because of decisions that we often make. And it's strange how we always look for excuses of things that we've done wrong. And then bitterness grows on us. Number three, pride marks our words. Pride marks our words. Listen to this, 1 Kings 19 verse 14. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. This is, and we've had this um, sermon before, but I want to just remind you of it. Um, a beautiful picture. Uh, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets uh, with a sword. And I even, I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And, um, you know, Elijah at this stage, you know, is in a predicament because he's uh, persecuted by Jezebel. Um, but he's not talking the truth. He's not the only prophet in Israel. You know, Obadiah 
is um, at a fast pace busy putting lots of prophets in caves to get them away from the wrath of Jezebel. And there's many prophets representing God at this time. And yet he says, I am the only prophet, you know, and finding himself at a place where, where his um, self-importance becomes so important, that, uh, so um, important in his life that he becomes self-righteous. And yet, he's um, even exalting himself above the other prophets. And, uh, and God is so gentle with him, bringing him back to a place where he says to him, at the end of, of um, his life, his, or at his, his ministry, he said, Elijah, you know what? It's never God mentioned this. Because after throwing his toys out of the cot, we know the whole story. You know, Elijah going all the way into the wilderness and Horeb. And he spends this time with God. And God do it through the, the silent whisper of a, a voice to him. And then um, God says to him, after all of this, where God even fed him in the wilderness. God says to him, Elijah, can we have a conversation about your words? about the way in which you think that your words matters most, <laughs> where you are so arrogant and always, Elijah, I've got 3,000 uh, 3, faithful men that are waiting in the northern part of Israel that is representing me. And you know what? They're going to help, actually, to, um, to take people into the diaspora, the into um, into to 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 um, uh, the Persian um, areas because they've already been prepared for a day such as this. And I can tell you, sometimes we are so absorbed in our contribution, and we are so absorbed in a savior mentality, where we think everything will fall apart when we don't exist and we are not there that we forget that God has more than enough people that can do the job. We are just so privileged to be at a place where we can serve His purposes. The reason why I'm mentioning it to you this morning, you know why? Because the words in your mouth that you will speak will be so self-absorbed and always about your contribution if you don't understand the living power of God within you and the context of even doing good self-assessment of God's greater kingdom plan. And I see it with many Christians these days. You know, it's, and it's strange, and I, I, I'm saying that with respect because I think the, the generation that's coming now, they're going to um, outwit us, run past us, they're going to do mighty exploits for God. But what I can tell you about this generation is they find it very difficult to bind themselves to reality. They've got these big dreams, amazing things that they see on Facebook and on, you know, on, uh, on, 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 on multimedia. And so if you ask them, will you do it? Yes, yes, I'm going to do it, you know. But when you, when you wait for them to do it, uh, no, nothing is happening. <laughs> Because they find it very difficult to bind themselves to the realities of how hard it is to get actually to the, to the pinnacle, to, uh, to uh, the top of the mountain. They find it very difficult to start at the bottom and work themselves up. So they're visionaries and they're amazing. 
And I'm telling you, there's a, there's a place that you and I find ourselves in these days where we don't want to suffer for the gospel because, you know, we are so self-absorbed about, you know, I don't want to do that because, you know, I, uh, I don't need to do small things like that. And all that I want to say to you is the beauty of, of speaking life is the place where we find ourselves in humility and in the presence of God where we can understand the context of our contribution within the bigger body of Christ. Where you start to focus beyond yourself and yourself self-absorb. And, and, and yes, I, again, I want to say, guys, I, I'm not fighting with you this morning. I'm fighting against a mindset that has taken hold of society today. And we are part of it. We are many times the fruit of it. And the things that we speak is not bringing life. Because many times, you know, I, I listen to people these days, and when you start to ask them, um, when you tell your story, they, they struggle to actually listen to your story. Because while they're talking to you, you know that you can see that they're looking around and they, they don't engage with you. Because they've got a million other things on their mind about what, but ask them their story and see how long will they t talk about it. They just not, don't stop. You don't get another word in. So make sure to, to talk your story to the full end, okay? <laughs> it's strange how when you give them a gap, they will, hey, guys, I'm, again, I'm not, I, I, I do realize that this is just in a result of the society that we've created. But this is not what God wants. The kind of society that God wants is the, the patient one. We would actually listen to those stories and start to um, put ourselves, you know, on the back burner and allow God to, to, um, to work at it where we become humble and we are the solution to the societies that we are in. Number four, disappointment mark our words. If God does not come through for us the way we expect Him to perform for us, we, be, um, we become despondent. We don't want to actually uh, do anything for God. Now, we know Job, uh, Job, and we know that Job actually lost everything, and he had good reason to actually be, you know, disappointed. He had good reason to actually, um, you know, be, be unhappy. And then uh, the only mistake that he makes is... Um, you know, that uh, you don't curse the day of your birth toward the Creator that made you. <laughs> Listen to this. He said, Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? You don't play like games like that with God. <laughs> and yet, I can tell you, our disappointments bring us to a place where we actually don't fight with the pastor or the church, because many people fight with the church and the pastor these days, Rather than to, to be honest with themselves, they're fighting with God. And they don't want to hear what God is saying, so the best thing that they can do is just fight with the pastor. And I'm, I'm, luckily you guys are not, but that's the, the, the society that we are in. It's because people can't fight with God, and they've got offenses with God, they want to take it out on the church. Or on, and I can tell you, disappointment is true in life. And for any mature Christian, 
we need to actually come to a place of understanding that, yes, the way in which you make decisions when disappointment comes because God allows it in our lives, that is how you will become the overcomer. Because you can choose to be bitter and you can choose to actually be cross with God or you can take responsibility and you can say, listen, I want to take responsibility of my life because I am a child of God and I'm an overcomer in Christ. I've got a life that He's given me and doesn't matter what He throws at me, He will be with me. He will, he will, he will go all the way with me. He will be the one to... Um, to save me in all my circumstances. He will be the one that helped me to overcome every circumstance. And yet, we become offended. Jeremiah was such a man as well. Um, he said, listen to this, Jeremiah 20, 14. He says, curse be the day I was born. <laughs> Being disappointed in God. And, and so I want to say to you, the best of God's children get it extremely wrong from time to time. And so don't feel alone this morning when you go through hardship and you are disappointed and you find it difficult and you speak words that are negative and, and wrong. Because God is not in condemnation. But there's a place of recovery that is needed. Because for Job and for, for Jeremiah, it was a place of restoration in God and trust in God and, and a choice to, to change their negativity to a place where they could start to live life in the full again. Jonah was such a man. Arise, go to Nineveh, uh, verse 2 of, of chapter 1. Um, that great city and call out against it, for there was evil um, has come up before me. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, uh, Go to Nineveh. Jo Jonah 3, verse 4 says, Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And listen to this. Even in the build-up of, of, of everything that's happening in Jonah's life and God's amazing grace over his life, but God's providence being fulfilled through his life. Listen to this, Jonah 3 verse 10. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented from disaster that they had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And Jonah was not happy. Because he looked like the one who could not prophesy. <laughs> because the word that he has given is, you guys are going to be destroyed. Because God is going to bring his judgment over you. And yes, he was right. And he was obedient. But it didn't play out the way that Jonah wanted it to look. <laughs> because for Jonah, he wanted to be this great prophet now. Um, you know, after being so obedient. And he forgot that you know, God literally had to drag him with fish to, to, uh, to this um, calling in his life. And now he's cross with God about what's happening in his life. And so many of us, I can tell you, through disappointment, because we have an idea of how our lives should look like, and if it doesn't play out the way that we want it to play out, we are disappointed with God. And we want to fight with God about our circumstances. So, listen to this question that God is asking Jonah. Have you any right to be angry? God asked Jonah. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. Um, so, um, what, did, what did these men hear? 
What, what was the, the words that fell on their ears that made them to respond in such a way? I think they would have um, asked God, God, I'm pleasing you. Why do I get tortured like this? Why do I not prosper as, as others prosper when they serve you? Even the wicked has it easier than I have. And so I see many Christians being disappointed. And because of the disappointment in their hearts and minds and, 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 and lives, they speak negative things. They find it difficult to speak life because they got stuck at a point where they had to choose life and they didn't. And those painful memories and painful circumstances led them to a place where they never will be able to speak life until they revisit that ele elephant in the room. And they make a decision to start to speak life again. Make a decision to find healing from the Almighty One and say, God, I want to get healing. I want to be at a place where I, when I move around, when I go into my workplace, God, my workstation will never be the same again. Because God, I will speak every positive thing in people's lives. I'm going to pray for the people around me until they will see what I see. Until they will get excited. You know, it was so amazing this Alpha weekend again to, um, to just see when you speak life over people, how they respond and their flowers start to blossom. I want to say to you guys, you've got the power in your mouth. You've got it in you, the ability to transform lives. So don't tell me the gospel is a hard gospel in this, in this country. You've got it in you. You've got the ability to speak words that will affirm people and change them forever. Are you doing it? Are your family members experiencing you as a harsh, critical judgmental person while they experiencing the life-giving power through the, the power of your words that is transforming them you've got the power are you choosing your words in such a way that they can transform so the conclusion this morning is um, and I just want to it's a few tips that I just thought would be good to, uh, to leave with you if it doesn't make sense, just relax. Um, <laughs> verse 1. Uh, not verse 1. Number 1. Wait before you speak. Take your words to God first. Stop just, you know, speaking out and um, saying things that you don't, that you regret afterwards. Okay? I don't know if you've been in circumstances where you said something and you, 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 you feel, oh, if I just didn't say that thing, but there's no ways that I can pull this back now because the person will not interpret it that way. I sometimes, you know, sit and I think, oh, Lord, I didn't even, in the circumstances, thought it was a, a wrong thing to say, but now that I'm thinking back, yuck, I was so foolish. And you try to say to the person, listen, please hear my intentions. It was not my heart. And you find it so difficult to pull those words back. And all that I'm saying to you this morning, go to God first. Especially when you're emotional and there's um, you know, things that you want to say. 
but it can wait for a later moment. Never speak when emotions, number two, are high. Stop the conversation and make another appointment. But don't cancel the appointment. Make sure that you get to that other appointment. Because what we do is we prevent and we, we, we actually um, stay away from that conversation as long as possible because we don't want to be at a place of confrontation. Listen. If emotions are running high, make sure to spend time with God first and come back to the conversation. Don't feel bad to, in the middle of a conversation, cut it short and say, listen, both of us are now emotional. Let's have this conversation later. Because it will be better than speaking words that will stick for the rest of their lives. Number three, do not avoid the elephant in the room, but get your timing right. Pace yourself to... Um, uh, toward it though okay make sure to you know there's certain things that you know you must deal with there's certain conversations that you must have that uh, you know you must deal with don't procrastinate in always one day I will do it you know next week I will do it do it get an appointment and um, trust God to, uh, to work at your heart number four look for opportunities to speak life I want to encourage you in the workplace, guys, wherever you go, I mean, even at the bus stop, make sure to spend time with that person sitting there and you can see the concern in their life at, at, at this moment. And you've got the opportunity to say one thing to them. Yo, I've got a beautiful um, dress on today. Blessings. You know what? For, for that person you might be the only one that actually recognize that they've clothed themselves in a nice manner today. Just because they did not have anyone else in their home to tell it to them. And they've maybe dressed up just to go to town because that's the best thing that they can do to let them f themselves feel better. And you speaking that word is recognizing something beautiful in their lives. There's always something beautiful that you can see about people around you. Pray to God. Pray to the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. Because it's in those work situations when you have the opportunity to rather than to, to, uh, to gossip even or to say negative things about people. You know, I make, a, I make a, 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 a conscious choice to when people start to speak negative things about other people, I don't even say to them, don't gossip. I just start to speak positive things about that person and see how quickly they start to turn around. Just say, yes, but you know, did you see how amazing they are in this and this and this area of their lives? Did you see how quickly people change their negative speaking when you start to speak positive over that person's life? And I want to say to you, the workplace is full of people that speaks negative about other people around their backs all the time. Don't you do the same. Your words have an impact on their lives because they will hear it. Don't think that they won't. And all that I'm saying to you today, you've got the power of life in your hands. Speak it. Number five, reflect on patterns in your life of times of conflict. Do people walk scared? Uh, oh no, sorry, not scared. <laughs> That's actually probably wrong eh? scarred in your, um, out of it built up 
or hopeless. And, uh, and I, I want you to go and reflect about it because some people, you know, I see the patterns in their lives. Always when they spend time, and I'm not talking about we all find conflict from time to time with people. But if that is the constant in your life with everyone that you spend time with, then you must ask a few questions to yourself. If all the conversations and the relationships in your life always turn out to be the same, then you must clearly ask yourself some questions. So go and reflect and ask yourself, what is the pattern um, that, uh, that you see in your life? Number six, careless use of words is not a personality type. Church, I many times hear people saying, yeah, I'm just, you know, a kind of person that just speak out whatever I think. Stop doing that. <laughs> you're killing with your words and you think you're going to get away with it. That st sticks in people's lives. Those labels, they will take with them for the rest of your life while you are happy, clappy, amazing, speaking whatever you want to. Stop doing that. It's not nice. Think about what you say. It's not a personality type. Uh, please, guys, I've, I've heard this too often. You know, I'm, that's just the way I am. That's not the way you should be. That's not Christian-like. Okay. Number seven, you will make mistakes. Say you are sorry. <laughs> okay? When you did that, don't just make it off as, oh, you know, they must just, uh, you know, get over it. Duh, okay, that's not going to happen. They're going to stick with that thing until you say you're sorry. If that is the way that they perceive that the best that you can do is saying, listen, I'm sorry that that's the way that you perceived it. That's not what I meant. Can I just tell you what I meant? Are you with me? Because we often know that and we say, yeah, no, they're mature Christians, they must just get over it. The fact is, it hinders their growth. Number eight, people make mistakes in choice of words. Forgive. Okay, if you're on the receiving end, make sure to forgive and to release people. Because those words can either govern your life or you can start to rule over your circumstances. Number nine, judge people by their intentions and not what they do or say. Find out what they mean. That's the, the Bible gives us such a clear example of how we deal with these things in saying, if your brother has sinned against you, leave your gift at the altar and go to him and confront him. <laughs> Say, listen, this is how I perceived it. Please tell me if I was wrong in, in how I perceived your um, uh, uh, response to me. You know, because... One thing that I know is that society has brought us to a place where we make too many assumptions. You think the person thought that. Then I think, but did you ask the person? <laughs> did, did you confront them at least? And, you know, if, if they didn't receive from you, did you take another brother to make sure that you are maybe not wrong? Because that other brother can actually uh, help you to, to think different about the circumstances as well. So I want to say to you this morning, we speak words that is not affirming people around us. It's not letting people feel safe. 
And many times people can't even trust it because the words that we speak, we don't even perform. And I want to challenge you to the core this morning. Let us as the disciples of Christ get it right in speaking words of life, affirmation, and building people up and trusting God for their breakthroughs. We must pray for them. We must trust God. We must, even though they make life miserable for us, those people at the workplace, they are not going to be nice. It's going to be difficult to be nice to them. But you know what? The victory lies in the reward of being obedient to God and you will get your reward in due season and God is going to just bring you out that place of radiance, that place of contentment because you know where you are at. And I want to say to you, too often we hear things and we reflect on those things because we don't filter what we hear. There's many labels and many words spoken to you that is forming your perceptions and your life as you go and you are not filtering those things to rather hear from God. And it does have an impact on you no matter what your um, perception today. I can tell you, I see it. Because the words that we speak is not words of blessing. And the reason for that is because we are sitting with a lot of messed up realities within us that we are not facing. And as soon as we can uh, come to the Father and receive our healing and, and receive His blessing over our lives, we will start to speak life. That is where I want to be at. I'm going to put pressure on myself to become a better communicator speaking better life into people. And, uh, and if the, these things are coming out, I'm going to ask the questions. Mm, God, why is this coming out of my mouth? I want to receive healing. I want to be at that place where you, God, can bring me to wholeness. Let's stand quickly. Oh yes, Father, we, we come to you this morning um, in the name of Jesus. God of us. Ian, can I just ask you to put that thing off, please? Yes, Father, we, we love you enough to, to trust you. That in our lives, Father God, you have a desire to see us coming to wholeness so that we can speak the kind of life that will transform. God, we do not have nothing to offer. We've got everything to offer because of the healing that you brought in us. And this morning we, we bring our messed up lives to you and we put it on the table and we ask you, oh God, come and deal with our inadequacies and our... Um, shortcomings in such a way father that we will be able to speak life to others and oh god i i want to mark my words i want to bring to a place where father the things that i say actually will become memorial stones in people's lives rather than scars there's so many people father through my life that 
I now received scars because of my immaturity and my Father God um, shortcomings. Father, I repent of those. Father, I ask you that I will become more like Christ. I will be at a place where I can speak life, where I can um, see people through your eyes, even though I can recognize their brokenness. I can choose to either expose it or, Father God, build people through it. Father, I pray in the mo this um, morning that uh, while we are coming to you in, in the place of community, the place where we, um, we love you so much and we love one another because of what you are doing collectively in our lives, I pray that you will teach us to create a culture of affirmation and building up rather than to break down. A culture, Father God, where we will look beyond our own contribution and start to see those of others and the context of ours within theirs. God, we need this body to function in a way that it, it is healthy. And I want to pray, Father God, that um, it will be healthy and it will be known as a healthy body because of how we build one another. And I want to trust you, Father God, that um, this journey that you are taking us on, Father God, will transform society that we are in. It will allow people in this community to see the radiance of Christ, the contentment of Christ within our lives. I want to pray this morning, O oh God, that your gentle touch, as you've done with Jeremiah, as you've done with Jonah, as you've done with um, so many prophets, so many men of God, so many big names in the Bible, where you gently approach them through their silliness and you confronted them with their own inadequacies. Father God, we, we ask you to do the same with us. But this morning you will come and Father, just gently touch us with your presence. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to ask you, before we leave, to uh, just turn to people around you. And I, I know this is always awkward, but um, so amazingly awkward. Um, the fact that, uh, you know, you can actually just be honest with the person next to you. And just ask them to pray for you to become a life giver. <laughs> person whose words will be marked and transformed and um, you know it's uh, it's beautiful when we pray for one another the power of that gets released through through um, God's business with us <laughs> and um, you know we don't go back home and go and pray for it there but it's when other people start to pray into our lives and we start to share life that um, these principles get um, installed so I want to ask you, I know it's late, it's 12 o'clock, um, just turn to the person next to you, quickly pray with them, and, um, and let's trust God to, uh, to leave a deposit. If you need any prayer, um, I'm, I'm glad to pray with you as well, um, and we will start with the AGM as soon as you got a coffee.
so please come and sit here in um, in the church as soon as you um, grab a coffee. Okay, for those who want to stay for the AGM. Father, we thank you. Before we pray now for one another, we pray for your presence here and your ability to speak life into one another's lives. Release even prophecy in this place right now so that we can speak life into one another. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.